The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> is the homance chronicles and i'm sarah <laughs> and i'm nicole <laughs> and uh i had a whole plan on how to like keep emma emma the dog in the office and like keep her attention um because i didn't go through the normal process that i go through before we record today uh but apparently there must have been a big enough crack that she's opened the door and left and plan is foiled and she's already barking <laughs> go girl go we can't hear a fucking thing okay good <laughs> not one thing i brought one her thing. uh dinner into this is the office and um she was Listen. preoccupied just long enough for our little pre-chat before we recorded that was it yeah <laughs> and you know what it's okay she can live her best life out there. It happens. We're real humans. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, my house is a mess. I live here. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I'm just carrying on. Yes. It is. It is. Uh, so, happy MLK Day. Shout yeah. out. To that. That yeah. Did you, um, did you find a MLK Day adjacent story about a woman? That you're gonna do today or no okay so in all reality i was gonna do his wife but let's be real there's no amount of time to do that woman the justice she deserves even though i had like a full day i started and i was re i really i i can't i feel uncomfortable yet <laughs> like i might have to do research and spurts and we might have to do like a three-parter because wow what a human being outside of martin luther king she was in fact her own enigma <laughs> mm, okay like she was doing civil rights shit before he came around and way after he left she kept the torch going so i'm hoping to do okay that. however from her did stem mm -hmm, a lady today all right do you have any housekeeping before you get going before we get going here housekeeping um i don't think so all Normally, right. I have some sort of story, right? right? And I could fill this time with a story if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was always... if there's any like dating stories you wanted to follow up on, any new latest and greatest, you know. Uh, well, um, so there's one that's pretty entertaining. Uh, so this guy, um, he... Oh, I got my hair done and uh, we were texting on the app, the dating app. And I said I had gotten my hair done that day. And so he was like, send a pic, but you can't send a picture on that app. So I was like, sure, give me your phone number, you know. Mm -hmm. So I give him my phone number and I I don't know what happened. I, do, I truly, I don't know. Like it was. <laughs> oh. Okay, it wait. was wild. Hang on a second. Oh, so, <laughs> gave the right man your the right phone number, right? Like this is leading into something. I yeah, I gave the right phone number. <laughs> well, no, he gave me his number. Uh huh. He gave me his number, so I typed it in. I sent him a message that said, "Hey, it's Nicole with my picture of my fresh hair," and that was on a Tuesday. 
Oh, no. What? He didn't respond? No. He didn't respond. So that was on a Tuesday. So on Wednesday, the next day, he typed, hi, Nicole. And I go, oh, so this is your right number. (laughs) (laughs) After an hour, I would have responded back to him and the app. I'm like, did you give me the wrong number? Because where you at? No. Mm -mm. No, I, I just let it roll. Um, so I said, I was confused as to why I didn't get a response the day before. And he said that he messaged me. He's like, you didn't get my response. He's like, I sent you one after the picture. And I'm like, no, I didn't. So I took a screenshot of the lack of response. (laughs) (laughs) The barren message thread. And, um, he responded and you know he was like oh wow you're gorgeous blah blah blah. i'm like thank you blah blah blah. so anyway um i said the issue with text not going through seems to be an android iphone thing like i've had this happen before right okay the green message green bubble pops up and i'm and so that's why i didn't dig into this further because sometimes even when i just see the green bubble i roll my eyes and i'm like never mind (laughs) isn't that terrible like i'm gonna be single no because i would do that for sure i'm eliminating men no if i was single absolutely i'm sorry (laughs) i i am a biased a hundred percent and i don't know why but just so everybody knows android is adding that to their platform so messages between iphones and androids will be on the same i don't know wavelength no it's apple is changing to accommodate android is it yes oh, okay android's well, not changing there we are um so anyway i'm thinking it's an android iphone thing right so we move back to messaging in the app because it was i don't know a black hole or Bucky. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so he says in the app, um, be, well, I, I said I prefer texting, like, you know, versus the app, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. I, because you don't always get the notification and it's just, yeah. it's just a pain a, to go to another party. place, yeah. right? And um, so he's like, well, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a way to, make this work or whatever and i'm like okay love a man who can figure things out mm-hmm. you let me know <laughs> right and so later that day that same day he texts me um like same thread right like hey it's so and so i'm reaching out to you through my i message and I respond back like, hey, I'm like, do you have a Mac or something like a second phone? Like, what do you mean? Because like, now it's blue. Right. Yeah. And now I get the thumbs up as soon as I say, now it's blue. <laughs> and Mac gives me, my Mac screen gives me a thumbs up. Um, so he said, no, I use iPhone. Uh, he goes, so I can do either like a regular message or an iMessage. And I was like, were you on an Android before? Like I got the green text. He's like, no, I don't use an Android. He goes, my contacts have been complaining lately of either not getting complete texts or not receiving a message from me at all. So I had to switch. And I'm like, I feel like iMessage is way more uh, reliable 
than sending a regular text if you're iPhone to iPhone, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Okay, so this man had his iMessages just straight up turned off on his yes. iPhone. Yes. Strange choice. Yes, because he's I, apparently he was having issues with messages going through. But to me, it seems like if you're iPhone to iPhone, iMessage would be better. I don't know. Anyway, I was like, well, what carrier do you use? And he said Verizon. And I'm like, I use Verizon too. And I'm like, so it's not a carrier issue. So anyway. um. Turns out this man's rocking an iPhone 5. I don't know. So he was like, <laughs> he goes, have you been having the same challenges with sending and receiving messages? And I was like, no, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> and then he he sends me a screenshot back of our conversation from earlier in the day where I said, like, I had an issue with receiving his messages. And he goes, we had this conversation about you not getting them. And I'm like, I go, yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was today <laughs> yeah that was like three hours ago i recall i was like i haven't had an issue recently with anyone other than you like the only time it's happened in the past is if someone was using an android well also i'm sorry but if you turn your iMessaging off on your phone which is like one of the primary functions their secondary option of sms isn't gonna really work i don't i know i don't know like i don't know what's going on it's gotta go through i don't it's strange anyway so he says um, he hadn't had any issues until the latest up, um, update. He didn't update and then he started having issues. And he goes, but then, so we're having all this conversation about tech stuff, right? Like not being able to communicate because of whatever. And then he jumps to, if you have a problem with me reaching you through my iMessage, then I'm sorry and I'll just let you be. I was like, what? Yeah, that one, he took it way too seriously. I, I I, was like, what? I'm so confused. He's like, you don't seem cool with me texting you here. And I'm like, what? Is this like spam? Are you a spammer? No, this is like him trying. Ah, what is this? I don't know. And so I said, I prefer iMessage. I don't know what gave you the impression. Like, I'm not cool with this. Like, I don't. I don't understand. And he was like, he was like, okay, it's all right, blah, blah, blah. He's like, did you have a good day? And I go, what is happening right now? Like, that's what I wrote in my text. Like, I was like, what is happening? And that's like, I meant it as like, what is going on in this conversation? Like, what is happening? Like, we went from you accusing me of not being okay with receiving your messages to you just being like, okay, so did you have a good day? Like, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and so I say, what is happening right now? And he goes, I'm watching a movie. You, I oh was like, God. what? He shifted gears real fucking quick. <laughs> I was like, I go, send me a pic of you in real time. Because now I'm thinking he's like some sort of odd bot, like not even a human. Right. Cause he's not picking up on any of this. No. And so he goes, um, he goes, now it seems like an interrogation. He's like, and you sound all bossy. And he said something like, if you're, he goes, if you're not cool that I reached out, then, you know, you could just move on. No hard feelings. And I responded with, wow, just wow. And then blocked him. I just like, what? <laughs> 
why is he taking he took everything way too personally but i do appreciate the fact that he attempted to solve the problem by adjusting his shit but like communication between y'all probably needed to happen via voice (laughs) no it just needed to not happen apparently because what a challenge i don't i I mean i think technology in the universe kind of like settled that one for you to be honest (laughs) it was just it was the most bizarre back and forth yeah that i've ever had with someone that i thought was a human (laughs) i mean obviously they were a human but maybe maybe he was like 10 i don't something was off yes something Something was was way way off and so (laughs) if it was if it was a if it was a like scammer person or somebody who had like used his profile but they really like don't speak english as their first language or something like i don't know but i just felt like something's weird here i need to block this immediately like i don't know what's happening yeah probably for the best (laughs) I love that you were like trying to find ways to like see if this guy like like come from the standpoint of this guy getting his head and think like he does. But truly, I don't know if it was a guy. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know anymore. I have no idea. These it was the weirdest interaction. These experiences anymore. I don't know. <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like an interrogation and now you sound bossy (laughs) okay all right bye (laughs) and that's my cue well i'm just like well you sound like a robot (laughs) (laughs) oh no here i go you got a you got a coughing thing going on over there? Yeah, I got me in the chuckle guts on that one. <laughs> no, I'm dealing with this like I need to change the HVAC filter, but also just being in the house because it's too fucking cold outside. Yeah, only eight degrees out right now. Like, come on. Can't yeah, I was. I left the chiropractor and I was gonna walk to the coffee shop. It's not far. Fuck no. I'm not walking anywhere in this. Well, but it's not far. Doesn't matter. I'm not Okay. Doing- it was the problem was not the cold. The problem was the ice. Yeah. I just left the chiropractor. I was like, if I fall and bust my ass on this ice. Exactly. And undo what has just been done. <laughs> See? You 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 know so better. I turned around. Good. I Smart. like I was like, oh no. Oh no. This this walking situation is dangerous. There's yes. way too much ice. So I turned around and uh, drove my ass down there for like the five feet that it is. Fucking funny, but smart. <laughs> you know, it's I'm, I'm exaggerating. It was longer than five feet, but um, six, six whole feet. <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is looking dangerous. Right. So even in downtown uh where you'd expect like sidewalks to be clear and stuff no Mm-mm. no absolutely not no salt was laid in any county that i've crossed oh over. no i mean well it, to me it seemed like they did as good as they probably could have considering the conditions like there was still very there was still walkable area and like the main oh, intersection right like the main part but like 
where I was walking, I would say is a little bit off. So no, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do their due diligence all the way to, no. um, outside of the first block. <laughs> well, at least they did some diligence. I was on the second block. Mm-hmm. And so, no, no, <laughs> we did not get surveyed. I had to go from the second block to the first block and it was like crossing <laughs> a battlefield. So tell me about it. I had. Google decided to take me on a like a quicker way the other day when I was running my errands and it took me through like a neighborhood and these parts the neighborhoods are not apparently well taken care of safe lake lake house type thing so it's like a dirt road or like a paved windy road that you go really slow on mm-hmm. battlefield if I didn't have a jeep or four by four something you're not getting through it it's just not right. a po- it's not a it's not an option like yeah. oh you drive a malibu not getting through it oh what was that your little hyundai crv whatever no none of these things are getting through this it was asinine like the only other vehicle i saw even attempting to navigate was like a full-size truck <laughs> some old man <laughs> giggling his ass off bouncing through this fucking neighborhood like probably truck never seen that kind of off-roading in its life it was adorable otherwise no you're not it's not happening (laughs) like i don't i don't even think your jeep would have probably made it through let's be honest for a moment it was ridiculous oh yes like i had to practice off-roading skills to make it through (laughs) wow yeah Stick to the main roads after a snowstorm. Apparently. Well, yeah, most. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> well, you ready? So anyway, another guy bites the dust before I even meet him. Happens. I'm glad it, that you're... No, that's that's what happens to almost all of them. <laughs> well, I'm okay with this. You're moving through it so that you can, like, you know, get to the good ones. That's why. Uh, I'm questioning... How long it takes to find this needle in the haystack, a good one, you know? When the time is right, sis. Right? When the time is right. Um, Part of the reason why I'm so quick to cut them off, block them, whatever, is because I don't have time. No. I do not have time for this shit. No. I don't. I have patience. I don't know about you, but, like, again, if I ever happen to end up single ever again, I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> I have too many other things I want to accomplish in my life. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's funny because like all the conversations start out with, you know, like what's going on? How's your day or whatever? Yeah. And I have to decide like how much do I want to tell them? Right. Because my days lately are like, oh, I sold my house. Oh, I'm starting a new job. Oh, I'm moving my finances. Like these are big things. <laughs> Lots of energy to explain it. Lots of energy to talk about it. Yes. And, you know, and, and you're just, you, it's again, coming at them with like all of the alphaness at once, but then at the <laughs> same time, you're like excited that these things are happening in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a dance here on, on how much I want to entertain them, how much I want to tell them. And how much I just want to focus on my own shit. Seriously. 
Well, I'm glad you're finding that delicate balance here and there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't think I don't, I, I just, every day is different. <laughs> Did I sleep well? <laughs> is my low back <laughs> out? Like what's happening? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, did I sleep well? Is my lower back out? <laughs> Gosh, Seth asked me how I was doing today, and I was like, "Actually, I slept. I slept through the whole night, so I'm feeling all right." <laughs> Seriously, it's a good day when that happens. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? I'm I'm ready. All right. <laughs> so today's hoe is Bessie Coleman. She is the first. Well, let's just let's just talk about her life. Let me make a surprise. Okay. She was born Elizabeth. I Coleman. feel like you just told me half a subject line to an email. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> Suspense. Let it mm -hmm. kill us all. Mm -hmm. Ah, so Bessie was absolutely freaking determined, and there's no getting around it. She was born to George and Susan Coleman. So George was actually um, of Native and African American descent, and Mom was straight African American. She was ten, number ten of thirteen kids in her family. Yikes! <gasps> so she was born in Atlanta, Texas, and when she was two. The family moved to Wakahashi. I said that way fucking wrong. W-A-X-A-H-C-H-I-E. Texas. Wakahana-tada-wana-tada. <laughs> I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at it. So. Washa. Waka. Waka. Waka flame. Yeah. Waka flaka flame. Waka. Waka. Waka Yaka, yes. There's so many different ways to go. About when was it. this though? What you didn't say the year? Uh yeah, it was um 90, 1894. Okay. Around that time. Um, and so her family lived there as sharecroppers. Sharecroppers is when families would lease land. So I as a white man have tons of farmland and I want to farm it without farming it. So I lease this land out to sharecroppers and they get a cut of the crops that they harvest essentially so the landowner gets a cut the family ke keeps a majority of the earnings life goes on um she would walk to her segregated school every day it was two miles there two miles home she was good at all of the education she loved reading she became an outstanding math student while she was there she completed her elementary education there as well um every season though her family would participate in the cotton harvest and it would disrupt her little schedule so she would learn she learned how to do manual labor as well as intellectual labor or you know whatever she grew on both sides intellectual labor <laughs> intellectual labor school that's me mathing <laughs> <laughs> i'm exhausted <laughs> so in 1901 her dad was absolutely exhausted by all the discrimination because he not only came from one burdened society he came from two so he decided to escape and he went back up to oklahoma which at that time was called indian territory her family, mom, and all the children decided to keep it moving over in Texas because they Wait, didn't Wait, dad leave. left them? 
Yeah, 100%. Bailed out. Kept in contact, but decided he was going to go and try to see if there was something else better for the family. So he Oh, he didn't bail on them. He was well, just he, in search of other opportunities. Well, he kind of did cuz it's the 18 fucking hundreds, late 1800s, early 1900s. Who knows if this man's going to make it? Contact them. He bailed. Who knows when he contacted them back either? We don't. I don't know. All yeah. I know. I guess we don't know his intention. No. The, like if he was doing it with the intention of uh, see if there's something life. better for his family and a better life than that. But that's that's still better than yes. he's just like I'm sick of this and throws yes. his hands up. <laughs> yeah. So well, so I'm also like referring to 1882 in my head, like the show 1882. They, he more than likely had the conversation with his wife, like, "Hey, we got to go find something better." And she was like, "This is stable, absolutely not. Thirteen kids. How are we gonna take thirteen kids and a wagon all the way up to the unknown territory and be safe as black folks?" Yada yada yada. So, I'm assuming that was a conversation, but in reality, he bailed for a period of time. He wasn't sending them money. He wasn't helping them provide for them or anything like that. They were doing it all on their own. So until Damn. he came back. And he did, I'm assuming, contact them because later on you'll find out. Um, so Oklahoma was considered Indian territory at the time. Don't forget that. They stayed behind, kept it, kept it moving. By 12 years old, she was accepted on scholarship to the Missionary Baptist Church School. And by the time she was 18, she was doing laundry, picking cotton to help um, and saved her money so that she could actually enroll in the Oklahoma Colored Agricultural and Normal University in Langston, Oklahoma. It's now just called Langston. So I, from that, I have to assume her dad connected with them when he made it and she went up to him and went to school. Sadly though, she could only afford one semester, one term, and it wasn't enough to graduate. So she had to go back to Texas after that one term. I don't know why she didn't stay with her dad. However, by 1915, she was 23 and she said enough is enough. And she went to Chicago to live with her brothers. Don't know who they were. I don't know how many there were there. But remember, she had several of them because there were 13 mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. So she went to the Burnham School of Beauty Culture to become a manicurist at the time and took up a job at the White Sox Barbershop. So she was doing nails. People are getting their hair did soldiers were i never in. thought about people <laughs> getting their nails done back then yeah 100p how long has nail polish been around i, I don't know i really don't know <laughs> nice bulb <laughs> nicole's writing this down to research it in the future <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah there was a whole ass school dedicated to it too and like what what did the school entail was it for black and white people was it just black people was it just white? i don't know i wish i had more time however she did she went ahead and got her certifications and became manicurist at the barbershop so while she lived with her brothers hold on hold on okay okay so i put when was nail polish invented <laughs> google serves up 3000 bc <laughs> 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 that bitch has been stunting since egypt <laughs> it's the late 1800s and i'm like oh i never thought it had only been around for thousands and thousands of years it's cool <laughs> uh, so 
And I'm apparently, like, oh, it was not a, it was not like a die. I don't know what it was. This is the first, you know, uh, result in Google. But basically, it was first recorded like a nail polish of sorts in 3000 BC in China. And in 600 BCE, during the Zhao dynasty, nail polish was used to show royal statuses among the royal family. Makes sense. So luxury. Pure royalty and luxury. Mysterious. Huh. So it's... There's a couple of other results that are real quick, and it says, like... um. A makeup artist, which I should just do her next, Michelle Menard, wanted mm-hmm. to create a glossy nail lacquer that mimicked the shine on automobiles. So that was like in 1920. No shit. So, oh, she, oh, she eventually perfected the formula. I imagine this is Nicole by herself when she does her research. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So she worked on her um, nail polish formula for about a decade before she launched the cosmetic brand known today as Revlon. No shit. That's really actually awesome to hear a woman founded it. Right? I assumed men did. I can't wait to hear her story. Yay! I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Whole new area of in- industry of topics to cover. <laughs> <laughs> so continue on. This is not about Revlon. This is about Bessie. <laughs> well, I can't wait to hear it, though. I'm, like, ignorantly excited. I almost want to do the research after this. What's wrong with me? Anyway. <laughs> so as being a manicurist at the barbershop and living with her brothers, she would hear stories of war from soldiers, from her own brothers who came back. But really what got her was that her brothers would tease her because French women were allowed to fly planes and fly for war. Like, women in America couldn't do that. They were not allowed to do fuck all. The French women, c'est la vie. I go fly. (laughs) bomb shit. (laughs) Like, okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So, But at some point during that time, she was like, I want to be a fucking pilot. So she took up a second job as a manager, a restaurant manager at a chili parlor. I don't know if chili parlors were a thing, if it was common. I tried really quickly to look it up and it was like telling me how chili came from Mexico. Nothing to do with chili parlors. So I don't know if it was a specific type of restaurant or if it was just something, a place where they sold chili. Either way, she took up a second job so that she could, uh, you know, save money. Because she wanted to become a pilot. So um, over the course of that time, she applied to every single aviation, everything in the United States. United States. United States. Mm -hmm. Turns out, of course, at that time, the states had no chill. Since she was a woman, there was absolutely no chance that she was smart enough or capable enough to fly a plane. Let alone, she's a black lady even worse mm-hmm. so while she was going through it this guy named robert abbott abbott the founder and publisher of the chicago defender which was a newspaper 
that was in the African-American community. Um, and it's still operating today online. Like you can look up the um, Defender and find, you know, shit today. Essentially, it was a newspaper covering all of the underground things that were happening post-slavery and in the communities. Um, he told her just to move to France so she could learn to fly. Fuck it. Um, instead of scoffing at him and letting bigotry and racism win, she started taking French classes at night at the Berlitz language schools in Chicago so that she could fill out her applications and potentially attend French flight school. So, like, she wasn't fucking around. Like, she wanted to do this. She and said, at every point in one of these stories, the woman goes to Europe. Yeah, cue the European trip. Because after saving money from her two jobs and Mr. Abbott publicizing her mission in his newspaper, Miss Bessie received financial scholarships from the newspaper and Jesse Bringa, who was founder of the first privately owned African-American bank in Chicago. Because she was accepted into the Cauldron Brothers' School of Aviation in La Croix, France. I'm tearing up. <laughs> so on november 20th 1920 your girl went ahead and traveled to france to earn her license she learned to fly in newport uh and then newport 564 biplane with a steering system that consisted of a vertical stick the thickness of a baseball bat in front of the pilot and a rudder bar under the feet super rudimentary planes did not have like you know a cover at that time there's no roof on these fucking things they were out in the open wind through their hair they had to wear goggles to protect their eyeballs like yeah scary fucking shit let's be real so on june 15th 1921 she actually did it she graduated and earned her license becoming the first ever black female and self-identified native american to earn an international aviation license from the Federation Aeronautique Internationale. Fuck yeah. So wow. she wasn't satisfied with that, though. She stayed near Paris for another two months so that she could learn from a French ace pilot to polish her newly learned skills. So, like, it wasn't enough just to achieve this goal. She actually wanted to put it into practice, and she knew herself well enough to know she wasn't ready for the main streets. So she went out and found the main skies yeah sorry the skies (laughs) so she went out and found somebody else to fucking help her learn even further and they obliged because she was in europe fucking europe fucking europe (laughs) (laughs) so september of 1921 she sailed back to the good old united states and immediately became a media media sensation when she arrived media um think about this for a second 1921 commercial flights were not a fucking thing yet so it's not like she could go ahead and be like no i'm gonna apply this and become a commercial pilot and fly people around no she didn't have that option the only option was to become a stunt pilot a barnstorming stunt flyer like that was literally the only way that she was gonna make money doing this shit so she quickly learned that and she started to um look for some folks who would help her locally uh to learn how to perform these super dangerous tricks for paying audiences although she was uncomfortable um 
and she couldn't she couldn't find anybody locally to help her they all snubbed her out so she set sail again in february of 1922 for europe to work with pilots there that would help train her she was like all right fucking i'm out went back overseas hey friends help me learn more i want to do this for a living they're like yeah we got you girl and then she came back so um from february on she spent the next few months in france taking an advanced course and then she learned and then she left for the netherlands to meet with anthony fokker f-o-k-k-e-r one of the world's most distinguished aircraft aircraft designers man i didn't realize this could be so difficult with my words today <laughs> i wonder how she's getting the money for all these classes in my opinion at this point it was likely being some of it was being sponsored by you know the the financiers that she had previously but also she's a black girl she's a pilot these guys are going to look at her and be like i want to help her because i can make money off of her or i want to help her because she deserves it like that's what there's where my head's at Mm. so she ended up going to germany where fokker corp was located and received additional training from the company's chief pilots then after that she dipped out for the states to start her new career in exhibition flying so like what a whirlwind how awesome is that she returned. well and how old how old is she now at this point it's what 1923 maybe yes so she is in her early no her late 20s ish okay time frame all right so still still got the uh, the late 20s early 30s somewhere in there oh okay i was like still like got the gusto and like aren't afraid to hurt yourself and yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so she became known as queen bus and when she got back she gave speeches showed videos of her tricks to earn money one of my favorite things about her is she absolutely refused any establishment that had segregation or discrimination against african-americans two separate entrances Mm -hmm. nope two separate Mm -hmm. water fountains get fucked everybody Mm -hmm. needs to sit together that was the only time that she would do her stuff so queen Bess, for the next five years was admired by all blacks and whites and even europeans she was invited to important events interviewed by newspapers and was known by like almost everybody she would primarily fly a curtis jn-4 benny biplane and others that were left over from the war. So she still didn't have her own plane. Two of her life goals was to own a plane and start her own aviation school for African-American women. (coughs) So she made her debut as the first black woman in America to fly an American air show on Labor Day, which was September 3rd, 1922, during an event honoring all the black veterans of the 19, or I'm sorry, uh, 369th Infantry Regiment of World War I held at Curtis Field, New York City. So she was sponsored by Mr. Abbott again, and the show billed her as the world's greatest woman flyer because at that point, fuck yeah, she was. The show featured herself amongst eight other American ace pilots and a uh, jump by a black parachutist named Hubert Julian. So this only covered like i said half of her lifetime goal to one day amount to something end quote wow yeah right gives me chills 
So six weeks later, she went to Chicago for another show to honor the 370th Infantry Regiment and delivered quite the show. She filled her time after that, traveling around the country, giving lessons and performing in shows. She continued to encourage all Black women to fly, and she quickly earned the reputation of a skilled and daring pilot who would stop at nothing. After her show in LA on February 22nd, 1923, because she crashed after the engine stalled, breaking her leg and three ribs. Fuck. Finally got hurt. (laughs) So it was during the twenties that she was most active. She performed in shows, met plenty of folks who impacted her life. I have to assume that while she was healing and not flying is when she went down to me, um, her, uh, what's it called? Reverend Hazaka Hill and his wife on a speaking tour in Orlando, Florida. It's not Reverend. Maybe. They invited her to stay with them at the parsonage of Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church, and they treated her as their very own daughter. I have to imagine her life growing up with her mom wasn't, like, terrible, but she really didn't have a father figure. So these two really stepped in and were like, hey, sis, what's going on? You're doing great. Um, they actually ended up convincing her to stay and she ended up opening a beauty shop in Orlando to earn enough money to buy her own plane. She was also offered a role in a feature length film at that time called Shadow and Sunshine and it was to be financed by the African American Simulone Film Producing Company. She immediately accepted it without question hoping that the film would help her advance in her career and basically get her more established financially so that she could create her own flying school. Um, However, upon learning, and I'm going to quote now, upon learning that the scene in the movie, uh, upon, but upon learning that the scene, the first scene in the movie required her to appear in tattered clothes with a walking stick and a pack on her back, she refused to proceed. Clearly, Bessie's walking off the movie set was a statement of principle opportunist though she was about her career she was never an opportunist about race she had no intention of perpetuating the derogatory images most whites had of most blacks wrote doris rich of bessie so there was a biographer in there so she was like i'm not doing this fuck you guys absolutely not she bailed well and i'm trying to think like how, how do you go from being in tattered clothes to being needed to fly a plane unless the story is the story of, you know, you you are, you're coming from nothing to something. But I highly doubt that that was the story. Right. I imagined immediately when I read that first, I was like, oh, it's a cut scene where she's in after post success and she's climbing out of some shit danger that she had occurred and like she crashed her plane and she's a survivor and then reading it again that's like oh no they were they're really making her look destitute as fuck like really going for it so yeah i just I'm, I'm confused i guess about the jump in the storyline unless the movie was about about that story but i highly doubt it was yeah exactly. so yeah i mean the profiling is unnecessary mm-hmm. ironically too I'll, I'll probably end up going into more of the shadow and sunshine scripts to understand more but the fact that it was you know being financed by a black owned 
financial production company is shocking, but right, who knows? So either way, after fully healing in 1925, Miss Ma'am went ahead, went back to flying. She was absolutely not going to let a little broken leg and some cracked ribs stop her. <laughs> uh. Finally, she was able to purchase her own plane, a Jenny JN4 with an OX-5 engine that was very poorly taken care of. That's very important to remember. She returned to her hometown in Texas to perform for a large crowd. At that time, Texans were absolutely still segregated, and the managers of the event venue planned on having two separate entrances for people to get to the stadium. Bessie absolutely refused to perform unless there's only one gate. Managers met over and over again and finally seceded to her wishes, but they settled that people would still sit in separate sections. She agreed and furthered her fame by standing up for her beliefs. So she, I feel like that's like, she won half the battle there for sure. Yeah. I mean, Texas is a different way of life. Currently to this day still. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I could foresee there being like some fights or something going down if they sat together. And so she probably did take what she could get, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, she got her own plane, remember, and it was very poorly taken care of. So her, um, publicist and mechanic, William Wills, decided to fly the plane from Dallas to prep for an air show. While he was flying it, he had to make three emergency or forced landings because the plane was malfunctioning. Um, her friends and her family implored her please do not fly this plane don't get on this shit it's it's not safe i'm surprised this guy got it back up in the air three times yeah well three times from dallas to florida (laughs) so he was mucking around with it on a test flight he and bessie went up she wanted to um go out to scout for the next day as she was supposed to parachute and so william said i'll fly the plane or whatever so he was test flying the the plane to see what he if he had what he had done was working she was scouting for her landing for her you know parachuting at around three thousand feet the plane unexpectedly started a death spiral and he could not control it so remember the plane's had no roofs at the time and Bessie did not strap herself in so she was thrown out of the plane at around 2,000 feet and passed away on impact oh god it was only I know it was only just a few feet later that William met the same demise unfortunately he was not thrown from the craft he stayed in the craft however the plane burst into flames on impact yeah yeah. So, unfortunately, we lost two lives that day. A later review. I wonder which is better because I don't know. I unless, really don't I mean, know. he might have. He might have been he in might shock have died instantly if, as well. He, you know, yeah. I mean, he might have died on the impact as well. I'm just thinking, like, if he hadn't though, then he would have burned to death, which would have been worse. Right. Oh. But like, God, pain from broken things, and then you're on fire. Right. Oh, the visual. Anyway, (laughs) 
soft segue. Sadly, a later inspection found there was a loose wrench in the engine, and that was the cause of the accident. So my loose wrench. Yes, my guy William didn't put the fucking wrench back where it went in the toolbox, and likely caused his own death and Bessie's. This motherfucker. Let me tell you how. Yes. Let me tell you how somebody's ignorance <laughs> over Let me and tell over. You how <laughs> I don't understand how men like get away with living their everyday lives with not putting things back the way they found them. I don't know either, frankly. I do and not get it. It triggered me a little bit here. I well, don't understand <laughs> it. I well, so I had the inspection on my house over the weekend. And so my assumption is that it was three dudes, inspector, real estate agent, which I both, those were both dudes. I met them and new potential home buyer, which is also a guy. I come in to my house and it's that like, eh, you could tell people were here feeling, you know, Ew, no. the blinds are all the way up. I have to get like a chair to get them down because they're like accordion blinds. God damn. They, left, they left the step stool out. All the chairs are out. They left a water bottle behind. I'm like, who the fuck? Wow, I'm not impressed. And so I'm like, this is not uncommon, though. Like, yeah, three dudes together and they don't put anything back the way they found it, or they think they put it back well enough, maybe. But there were like a couple of other like little things, you know what I mean? Which I noticed because I live alone. (laughs) Yeah. I live with one and I notice. So well, I'm like, and it's more like obvious to me that it was them. Like there's obvious there's no one else. There was no one else. (laughs) um but the kicker is that my heat wouldn't turn back on what my heat would not turn back on why because they didn't put this shit back after they fucked with it so apparently the inspector had hit the like emergency switch i don't know if he was like testing it what he was doing on the side of the furnace so i get home and i'm i'm fairly competent with electrical right so I do all these things. I check the thermostat. I check the batteries. I switch out the air filter. I, you know, flip the circuit breaker. I do all this before I even call anybody. And then I call my agent and I'm like, you need to figure out how to get in touch with this inspector because they did something. And so... It took a series of me going through my agent who then called the buyer's agent who said, we didn't do anything. We just turned the thermostat up and down. I said, fuck no. No, they did not. The fuck you did. (laughs) Um, And so then my agent had to get their inspector's number to track him down because I was like, y'all aren't going to have me feeling stupid over here. Like I... uh, I know. Well, also, your your shit passed inspection, so it works. What'd you fucking do? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go down. I'd be so pissed. I had to go down and turn the switch on the side of the furnace, and that's why I was like, "He left a wrench in the in." I, just, just yeah. think one step further. Just one right. step further, and the fact that. And women you have the, women you're dealing with another ones. person and it's yeah. a and it's a woman on top of that, right? Like 
it's clear oh, his excitement God. is what clouded his judgment his excitement or just whatever lack of sleep whatever point is he fucked up Mm-mm-mm. men Mm-mm-mm. take a moment take a breather Mm-mm. sadly <laughs> sorry that was a rant in the no, middle you're of the good. story That's but fine. i just i i'm like how do they how do men get away with living their lives like this well i guess he did Women. it he he killed himself and right. his friend <laughs> right exactly but um and so that was on april 30th 1926 oh she was, she was young. only 34 she was oh. 34 years old thousands upon thousands were fucking heartbroken of for her loss and i don't know i hate saying loss it's not a loss i didn't lose her i know where she is she's not that's the problem so she had a funeral service in florida then her body's was bodies her body was flown to chicago another funeral was held there and famous activist ida b wells delivered her eulogy although it was a mainstream media situation the mainstream media did not cover her passing however african-american presses covered it heavily and her chicago funeral had ten thousand people in attendance chills Mm. although she did not get her school of aviation opened her impact was still incredibly great the challenger pilots association of chicago started the tradition of flying over her grave every year Many clubs were also named in her honor, including the Bessie Coleman Aero Club, organized by Lieutenant William Powell, an engineer, soldier, and civil rights activist mm-hmm. in the 1930s, and the Bessie Coleman Aviators that was formed in Chicago in 1977. Um, in 1955, the Bessie Coleman stamp was made to commemorate her and all of her accomplishments, and just recently in 2023, the U.S. Mint released a special quarter with her on it as part of the American Women Quarters Program. So I'm going to directly quote this. Coleman would not live long enough to establish a school for young black aviators, but her pioneering achievements served as an inspiration for a generation of African-American men and women. Because of Betsy Coleman, wrote Lieutenant William J. Powell in Black Wings, 1934, dedicated to Coleman, we have overcome that which was worse than racial barriers. We have overcome the barriers within ourselves and dared to dream. Powell served in the segregated unit during World War I and tirelessly promoted the cause of black aviation through his book, his journals, and Bessie Coleman Aero Club, which he founded in 1929. Uh. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm going to run through the Wikipedia honors. I'm just going to summarize them. She was, <coughs> excuse me, she was buried at the lincoln cemetery near chicago um atlanta texas has a regional history museum that displays a downscaled reproduction version of her yellow biplane queen bess and the uh, museum display also includes uniform and other memorabilia a public library in chicago was named the coleman's honor named in coleman's honor as are roads at o'hare international airport in chicago oakland international airport in california Tampa International Airport in Florida and Germany's Frankfurt International Airport. A plaque has also been placed at the Chicago Cultural Center at the location of her former home in Chicago. 
um uh let's see a roundabout leading to nice airport in the south of france was named after coleman in march 2016 and there are definitely streets in several cities across paris as well so that's kind of mm. cool she's international yeah. there is a bessie coleman middle school in cedar hill texas there is bessie coleman boulevard in her hometown of wakahachi texas fucking it up <laughs> a b coleman aviation a fixed a fixed base operator based in gary chicago international airport is named in her honor several scholarship awards have been established for school seniors high school seniors planning to go into aviation as i mentioned the 32 cent stamp honoring miss coleman in 1995 was the 18th in the u.s postal service series the 2001 coleman was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. In 2006, she was inducted into the National Aviation Hall of Fame. In 2012, a bronze plaque with her likeness was installed at the front doors of the Paxton School for Advanced Studies, located at the site of the Jackson Airfield where Coleman's fatal flight took off. She was honored with a toy character in Season 5, Episode 11 of, a child's, of the Child's Animated Television Program, Doc McStuffins, which I have no idea where that's even from. Doc McStuffins? Yeah, it's a Disney show. Yeah. It, well, so they um if I know if I'm I don't have children, so I could be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they have uh black female doctors as some of their characters. That's great. Yes. Yep, it makes sense. So she was placed um number 14 in 2013's list of 51 heroes of aviation. Go Bessie. Go Bessie. <laughs> she was inducted into the International Air and Space Hall of Fame in San Diego Air and Space Museum in 2014. Um, in 2015, Orlando renamed the West Washington Street to recognize the street's most accomplished resident. So she got another couple streets named after her. Um, in 2017, on the 125th anniversary of her birth, a Google Doodle was posted in her honor. Oh, you've reached all uh, yeah. sense of importance if a Google Doodle is made of you, I feel like. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm not diminishing these other no, uh, absolutely awards not. or accomplishments. However, I feel like a Google Doodle is so mainstream. It really is. Like... like more mainstream than a street or a museum or anything else because google is reached by all like mm -hmm. and it kind of forces you to look at it because it's so intriguing <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what i mean it, it's yeah. a, it, it's i i'm not trying to make a joke out of it like i'm serious that it really is forcing people <laughs> to like have her in front of your eyes you know oh yeah so in december of 19 or 2019 the new york times featured coleman in their overlooked obituary feature bessie coleman pioneering uh african-american aviatrix in 2021 when juneteenth became a federal holiday a flyover was held in colorado to honor her and the new holiday again in 2021 the international astronomical union named a mountain and possible volcano on pluto coleman mons in her honor which what the fuck <laughs> All right. A possible volcano on Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how Pluto is like 
fucking shit up all the time. And um, all of the like tarot card readers, astrologers are talking about how Pluto is like taking a break for a couple of months in 2024. And they're like, whoa, really? (laughs) Genuinely, I'm here for this. My little Libra placements are very thankful. (laughs) So uh, to commemorate the 100th anniversary of Coleman earning her flying license in August of 2022, American Airlines flew a commemorative flight from Dallas-Fort Worth to Phoenix. The flight was operated by an all-black female crew who, from the pilots and the flight attendants, the cargo team members, and the aviation maintenance technicians. Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah. God, I get oh. it together, Sarah. <laughs> she was hormonal today. <laughs> I think maybe, or just this shit gives me chills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't fucking hear about this in the news anymore. And I really wish we did. So yeah. uh, let's see. She was honored on an American Women Quarter in 2023, which I don't know what the fuck. The- oh, it's a quarter that you spend money. <laughs> uh, Bessie Coleman Elementary School in Corvallis, Oregon, was named after her. In 23, Mattel added a Bessie Coleman Barbie doll to its Inspiring Women series. Aww. And lastly, The Flight, a play inspired by Bessie Coleman, de- uh, debuted at the Factory Theater that was written by and starred Beryl Bain. I got it. We got it together. <laughs> it's interesting when you're the one telling the story like when I tell the stories sometimes I'm like I get more emotional about it and it's because you're more invested in the research and um, you you see the pictures you don't yeah you don't give everybody the stuff that you read you know there is right so much more that went into her trials and tribulations as a as a as a black woman trying to do all this and yeah you know from other stories that these people went fucking through it and we don't do history enough justice i'm hoping that we take better record now than we ever have because these women deserve better honestly and i think that she was definitely honored a lot more than some others that we've covered in the past yeah 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 and that partially could be because of her desire to make a political stance mm-hmm. in regards to segregation yeah so um womenshistory.org wikipedia and britannica thank you very much i would say that there are several others that i cited but really they gave me the same info if you google her she just has like her face of determination and it's sweet and soft and like you can tell that she was just a genuinely good person and human being like look at her (laughs) she learned fucking french so that she could apply to be a pilot in france like wow i know and the fact that you know you got to find the resources to do all of that exactly you gotta you gotta overcome the fact that you have to now find somebody who can teach this to you thankfully she had made the move to chicago which offered her more ability uh in regards to huh it offered her more resources honestly yeah yeah um but it 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 gave her more of an ability to have a likeliness for success and to be able to find people who could 
actually teach her French, but not only that they could, but they were willing to considering she was native American and African American. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, the, the amount of sacrifice that she made for her dreams is like, she didn't, I don't think she had any relationships with any men. Like, I, I don't believe there's nothing noted anywhere. Of course I didn't do heavy digging, but I don't think she ever had any relationships, maybe a couple flings here and there, but she was so fucking focused on what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Full circle moment back to the beginning where I was talking about my dating life and I'm like, fuck off. Like, I have things I got to do. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you're going to come at me correct. <laughs> I don't got time. I don't got time. <laughs> and I keep getting the thumbs up and I'm not even doing a thumbs up in Mr. the face C-universe. in the FaceTime camera. Like, yeah. what is the signal? It's like it's listening to me. I don't know what the signal is to get the thumbs up. So it's like the universe is listening. It keeps giving me thumbs up with like affirming these things. Yeah, it's like bells of truth. So funny. All right, I have one more quote. (laughs) She says, the air is the only place free from prejudices. I knew we had no aviators, neither men nor women, and I knew the race needed to be represented along this most important line. So I thought it my duty to risk my life to learn aviation oh wow she understood actual team (laughs) she understood representation before it was even really i i think a a thing (laughs) exactly jeez i'm saying so all praise bessie coleman (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for that story today and uh making us aware of who she is and her story and Unfortunately, her very early passing, oh, it's terrible. I mean, it just also goes to show that she, like, let, she didn't let society, like, systemic society, systemic racism, systemic bigotry, she didn't let any of that shit stop her. She found somebody that would help her out. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a very special and unique um drive or energy that's within the people who have the willingness to do what she did and you are just born with it or you're not i like if i had an ounce of her determination just to get through like the laundry every week i would be thrilled Here we are. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, was it that time? I think it's that time. <laughs> yeah. Is that a girl time where we uh, pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us? So I, throughout this episode, have talked about my own personal life and um, kind of hinted at my Atta girls. But uh, uh, one thing that I am... Um, I guess proud of myself for that is very Bessie esque is that um, I continue to try and understand my taxes, finances, retirement, like continue and continue to talk to as many people as I can, and in manage these things <laughs> is is smart 
is smartly a word as smartly as possible. Um, yeah. And so all of this shit takes time. It really like there's so much in, in research that you do on your own and all these things have like varying opinions um and resources and just it, i mean it's it's a, a lot it's a, it's a big undertaking um i am on well, let's see i have now contacted my third accountant and had it not mm. like follow through um whether it's for scheduling snafus or whatever and so just the sheer determination of like, I am going to make sure my shit is right and that I am taking care of myself the best that I can yes. and making my money work for me. Yes. The best way I know how. Yes. Um, and getting it into the right hands, the right, you know, uh, fiduciary uh, in institutions. I mean, it's it's a whole process. It's a whole other it job. Really is. And especially when you don't work for a corporation where they're like, oh, here, we offer you a uh, retirement Mention. or 401k plan or whatever. Just dump your money in and let it roll, which I mean, I've never done that anyway. But still, it offers you the opportunity to be able to do kind of the bare minimum and still reap a reward. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, pat on yourself pat on the self pat on my back pat on the pat, self pat on myself um for just continuing to like follow through because it's very frustrating it, it's very frustrating because they are constantly changing the rules for everything all the time and you have to depend well and finding the right financial people is similar to finding like the right therapist like you mm -hmm. have to have a a camaraderie of sorts you have to be able to trust them you have to be able to feel like you're in good hands this is very personal information it's personal and, and also like the level of aggressiveness you want to have for these markets where you're not necessarily managing it you need to give somebody just an iota of who you are as a person and what you're comfortable with and confident in because it really is the rest of your life it's your future yeah it's not a game so good for you congratulations yeah. that's a lot of fucking work bro. it is it is it is a lot of work i'm still on the search for an accountant <laughs> i mean maybe your financier might know one i don't know <laughs> well that was kind of a dead end but yes i agree with you he he does know one but he didn't exactly recommend them so well at least he's honest <laughs> He said he hadn't been with them long enough to be able to recommend them. So it's fair. I um, appreciate that. Right. Well, but that's why I'm saying, like, I appreciate the honesty. Mm -hmm. And so here I go again, and I'm going to try on your own. More Are avenues. <laughs> yeah. Here I go. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, that's my Atta Girl. Atta Girl, bitch. <laughs> Um, so wildly different, but sort of the same. I spent my full day yesterday scrubbing down my kitchen, cleaning the baseboards. 
like how is that the same well i'm investing in something that i purchased <laughs> oh my god hello that was a long road <laughs> it still still achieved it i still got there <laughs> good i've never good, owned good. a home and i don't want to fucking own a shitty home that's gonna you know depreciate in value so I continue to take care of it. So I got on my hands and my knees and I fucking scrubbed those baseboards like you would not believe. Cleaned the whole goddamn thing yesterday. Pretty good about myself, actually. Were you grossed out at I any normally, point? I don't think. Oh, fucking the whole time. The <laughs> whole time. I know. It's, they're so gross. Because I, I had cats prior to this and the only like ugh, I had to really clean up off of my baseboards was dust from me and them now whole new ball game a man and two dogs what the <laughs> fuck what the fuck <laughs> i don't get paid for this <laughs> so yeah they don't put things back the way they found them <laughs> and they fucking make messes <laughs> everywhere and that's a lot of motivation to clean up somebody else's bullshit <laughs> for real yeah, for so real. add a girl add a me add a me yeah <laughs> oh, this is i had several triggers this episode. <laughs> we made it it's fine and they're not necessarily triggers that i'm trying to fix either like i oh. feel like they are all valid triggers and they should be continued triggers like mm -hmm. they are things that are bothersome yes <laughs> We should be allowed to. And if I was to not be bothered by them, then I feel like there'd be a problem. <laughs> then you're disassociating, and that that relies on therapy to re recapture that. <laughs> oh, I did see a meme though the other day about being a Virgo and how well we can dissociate. <laughs> We're real good at it, Virgos. And I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, disassociation isn't all that, right? Because in my opinion, you can disassociate from the noise that's going right. on around you, the fodder, you, the stuff that doesn't really matter, the consequential shit. But, you know, it's it's a slippery slope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Between dissociating for your sanity and dissociating because you're in depression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of self-awareness that needs to happen around them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I have for the longest time talked about how good I am at compartmentalizing, <laughs> which I feel like is a similar skill set. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Oh, man. That's well, good. thank you so much for telling us about Bessie Coleman's story mm -hmm. today. And um, those who are still listening, thank you for making it through my several rants. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean a lot to us for you to share with others and um, help us boost the algorithm. So you can follow us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles and um, request, send us a DM request, a whole of history for us to do. You can also just email us homancepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a closed group on Facebook, the Homance Chronicles, the Judgment Free Zone. Um, that I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know what it is anymore. Um, <laughs> and then you can get your Homance gear on my Etsy shop, NicoleBonneville.etsy.com. Homance. Oh,
out. <laughs> <laughs>